Hello, I'm Kelly Crichton and this is The Reset Room. We're here to give you the tools you need to succeed and to answer your questions on your journey to fulfillment. This week we're talking all about dealing with toxic environments, but if you missed the first few episodes you can still check them out. Last week Kay and I were talking about mindfulness, which we hear mentioned a lot, but we wanted to give you the lowdown and what it's all about. Whether it's for anyone or otherwise, what you can do if you want to be more mindful, and we gave some tips on various books, apps and support you can use too. We also talked about mindfulness in children in response to a listener's query about his anxious daughter. So I certainly learned a lot. Check it out if that's something you're interested in. This week, I'm pleased to say I'm joined by Amina Walker once more, who has 25 years of coaching experience and has seen it all when it comes to personal growth, challenges and helping people perform under the pressures we face in life. Amina regularly coaches people in the spotlight and in high profile positions in business, entertainment and sport. Hi, Amina. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Kelly. Thanks. Good to talk to you again. So today we're going to talk about toxic environments. Sadly, I think we've all had times in our lives where we maybe found ourselves in a situation where we weren't comfortable uh, or maybe things that were out with our control were upsetting us or making us anxious. What are the kinds of toxic situations or environments you see clients finding themselves in, Amina? You know what, Kelly, there's quite a range because there are people who are really in the spotlight who for them, being talked about is a good thing. Um, mm. And in fact, you know, often what they say is the only thing worse than being talked about for them is not being talked about. Mm-hmm. So it's a really hard balance to get it right because when they find themselves in a this toxic situation, it's really hard to deal with. So there's the spotlight kind, whether in a, a national or a global spotlight, but there's also the business spotlight where you're mm-hmm. in a work situation and things are really difficult and um you know, it can be anything to do with colleagues or your boss or just the environment that you're in. So there's different types of toxic situations. And you know what? You're right. We've all been in some kind of situation mm-hmm. like that, at least at some point in our life. So I think I think this is a growing problem for us in society today. And it's something that I think we're going to have to be aware of much, much more than we ever have been. What are the kind of common traits to these type of situations? I mean, how do we know we're in a toxic environment and not part of it per se? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there are in a work situation, there are situations where we find ourselves working longer hours than expected because Mm. everybody does it. And that kind of environment is almost like nobody dares speak up. So that that environment becomes really, really difficult to work in because you don't want to be the one that says, and I want to go, or I'm tired, or I want to log off, or I've done my bit. So you've almost drawn into it. And then there's the situations where there's a little clique at work or a little kind of club at work and you're not in it um, and you feel isolated because your face doesn't fit or you don't get on with people quite as much as the others. So there's, you know, there's that kind of environment and there's there's just socially being isolated and for human beings being isolated or ostracized is a really awful situation to find yourself in because we need to be sociable we need to be with other people and when you're isolated it's a dreadful place to be and we've seen it um, on social media and we also see it with with friends and with people at work and there's been lots of situations on social media this year where um, you know some some big names have been ostracized and isolated and all part of this what we call cancel culture. 
So it's all been coming on much more this year. And people like Chrissy Teigen, who's been, you know, cancelled, you know, in a huge spotlight. And she's desperately trying to get back in favour with her fans again. Um, And I have to say, it's not working very well because her fans have turned against her, arguably for good reason. Because she's mm-hmm. been a bully. And the mm-hmm. thing about social media is, you know, we might come on to this again a little bit later on, but the thing about social media is that once you've put something out there, it's out there. You mm-hmm. can't take it back. You've almost, you've said the words. So even if you want to delete it, as I'm sure Chrissy and a lot of other celebrities have tried to do, somebody's mm-hmm. picked it up. Somebody's taken a photo of it and somebody is happy to recirculate that all over again. So you can't get away from it. You have to deal with it. So that's the really difficult kind of toxic um, situation that some people find themselves in. And it's not just celebrities like Chrissy Teigen or even Harry and Meghan or, you know, footballers who are under such a such a spotlight that they you have to deal with all sorts, you know, be it negative comments about their performance or their behaviour or, you know, racism or mm-hmm. anything like that. They have to deal with it in, uh, you know, in front of the public eye. So it's not just people like that. It's all of us. You know yourself. You only have to say one wrong thing mm-hmm. and somebody holds you, holds you against you for a very long time. And that's really hard to deal with. So there's lots of different types of toxic situations, um, mm-hmm. local and also global, that I think we can all learn from. You mentioned there Chrissy Teigen and, and mm. I mean, the word you used was bullying. Mm-hmm. So I think our probably our first encounter of toxic environments, well, hopefully, hopefully your your home life isn't very toxic, as a child would be bullying, you know, in school, mm. whether it's of you or of another child or I'm sure, you know, they teach about bullying in schools, etc. So I suppose the first time you come across that toxic environment kind of idea is around bullying isn't it and that's essentially kind of what it is what we're talking about here even for adults yeah yeah absolutely it is and um you know when we're at school we don't always get taught how to deal with stuff like that because it's Mm. it's all you know quite rightly academic you know you've got to pass Mm. exams but we don't get taught enough about life when we're at school Mm. and how to deal with stuff like this and yes you've got to report it to the teachers but really when you're in a corridor with somebody who you know who who sees that who hears the whispers? Who hears the, the little things that happen? So we learn about that kind of environment very early on. And that affects us because mm-hmm. once something happens when we're young, we remember it forever. And that causes a lack of confidence, low self-esteem, and could lead to lots of other things as we as we grow up in, in life um, mm-hmm. that we struggle to deal with. And, you know, things like having to make a presentation at work, that lack of confidence, it just raises its ugly head all over again because you're thinking – People are looking at me. People are laughing at me. I'm not good enough. All those things that were said to you as a kid, um, they all come flooding back in our moments of doubt, I suppose. So, yeah, you're right. It all starts very early on. But it can hit us at any point in our lifetime. And even adults that I've, I've coached and talked to, um, even they have tremendous l- a lack of confidence and they, they really – they really fall in a in a in a ditch because mm-hmm. they are so grounded by some of the stuff that gets thrown at them. And mm-hmm. you know, it's unbelievable that adults can talk to each other like that. But I guess that's one of the things about social media. And kids can see it and do it online just as much as adults do. And the thing about the social media bullying and toxic environment is that it's easy to do. 
because mm. anybody can be a keyboard warrior. Mm. Anybody yeah. can tap out a load of stuff. And really, nobody needs to know who you are. And, you know, when you're behind a keyboard, all of a sudden you've got the courage to say something that you wouldn't say face to face. And that is a dangerous situation. So these toxic environments we're talking about. So there's, I suppose there's lots of, there's the, as you said, the kind of online world and there is that schoolyard bullying type situation. But I suppose a lot of people might identify with what you were talking about a few minutes ago, you know, the office, office mm-hmm. politics, just sort of being excluded or the atmosphere isn't good. What can we do if we find ourselves in one of these situations? What's what's the best way to behave? What's our avenue? In a work environment, I think it happens more than we realise, actually. It's, it's quite a common thing. And it can range from um, somebody saying something mean or, you know, a bit out of order to actually mm-hmm. a, a swell of people, a group of people, um, all talking more and more about one person. That might be the boss or it might be somebody new mm-hmm. that's come in and who's kind of upset the apple cart, or it can be um, a long-standing feud you've had with somebody. So I think the first mm-hmm. thing that you have to do is, um, whether, if you're if you're the one that's being bullied, I think one of the first things that you have to do is to try and understand where is that coming from? Could it be something that you've done? Could it be something that you've said? Because we don't always know how we're coming across. And, and if you're you know, sure that it's not you and it really is somebody who is genuinely being mean or nasty, then I think mm. one of the things that it's, you really have to do is to try and find some support. And that might be somebody else in the team or um, or. It, within the range of the team, or it might be your boss, or it might be somebody in HR, or it might be somebody who is a good confidant who you can talk to. So you need to find mm. a safe person who can help you to get through this. Um, because otherwise you send yourself mad thinking that you're the problem and it's never going to stop. I think the other thing that you, that you should really do is to address it, confront it. And mm. by confront it, I don't mean be confrontational. I mean, you know, mm. talk, speak up, have the confidence to speak up and say, you know, I, I'm i hearing this being said or I'm seeing this happen. Um, I just wondered if there's anything that, that I've done wrong or if there's anything that um, I should be aware of or I can do to help this situation. So try and be part of the solution rather than be a part of the problem because it's very easy to nitpick back and call back um, and then all you do is add fuel to the fire. So I think find some support, uh, try and address it. And, and if, you know, the situation doesn't get any better, then I think, you know, you've got to be good at saying, I'm not accepting this. I'm not having this anymore. And then I think you have mm. to talk to your boss about what can we do about this situation um, and either move yourself from that team or try and find a way through it um, using your boss or, you know, an, an independent member of the business to help you to do that. I was thinking about this a little bit earlier and I think a good example of this would be like the boss leaves the office and everyone likes to have a moan about them. And, you know, it seems fairly innocuous. Everybody sort of joins in. But then if you don't join in or if you don't offer an opinion, you could easily kind of find yourself excluded or not seen to be one of the gang or one Mm -hmm. of the team. So in that situation, you think the best thing is to maintain your ground, don't get involved. And if you need to eventually speak to someone. Yeah, I I think so, because if you join in and you become part of that gang, um, you know, the the person who's who starts this bullying off, if you like, the person who's 
the one that that, that causes it. Um, it's a it's a form of manipulation. So what they're doing is they're mm. manipulating the people around them to join in, um, and you, quite often it's just one person who's got a view about something, but they try and enlist other people to join them in because they feel braver mm-hmm. that way. And that's the thing about bullies. Quite often they're cowards underneath and quite often that behavior is masking something. So it could be that they're them, they themselves are struggling with something. Um, and what they do is they make fun of other people to mask their own self-doubt or their own um Mm. concerns about what it is um, that they're worried about. So they'll try and get a band of people together. So don't join in because you then become part of the problem. Um, And I think, you know, you've really got to watch the body language too, because just because, just because somebody isn't saying something, they can still give you an eye roll. They can still give you that look, (laughs) you know, that was very much going to be my next question. It's, you know, maybe it's what's not yeah. being said and not, not being done. And I have experience of this myself of being in an office where, you know, nobody yeah. talks. Um, and when they do talk, it's negative, you know, as in, you know, talking about a task or whatever. And there's just this atmosphere, mm-hmm. you know, so there's nothing, you're not really doing or saying anything, but at the same time, it's still there. So it's kind of maybe more difficult to deal with. Yeah, it, it can be because, uh, you know, silence can be a real killer because it's, there's a real atmosphere there um, when nobody's talking. Um, and you can, you know, you've heard the, the expression, you can cut the atmosphere with a knife. And that's exactly what it can be. And when you're the one that feels a little bit isolated or ostracized for whatever reason, then um, that's a really awful place to be. Um, but but that's what they do. That's what bullies do. They manipulate people to get on the side. They will use any um in a toxic situation a good way of recognizing it is that there's manipulation going on and there's drama going on so they'll create some Mm. kind of drama either making a noise and laughing and then you think it's about you or saying nothing but there's subtle body language movements like they'll all go for a coffee together or a few of them will go out to lunch together and you'll get left out. So, you know, there'll be drama around it. So you can recognize that that's a, a toxic situation right there. Um, and there's no respects. There's no respects for boundaries about what is comfortable for you and what is acceptable mm-hmm. for somebody else. So the body language is a, is a really, um, it's a really awful one, I think, because, um, you just know it's there, but nothing's been said. So it's quite easy for them to get away with stuff like that. And that's why you think you've got to be brave and you've got to talk up, you've got to speak up about it because you've got to think enough is enough. I don't have to accept this anymore. But but as I said before, always think what's behind this because behind any kind of bullying behavior or even toxic remarks, be it online or face-to-face, there is something behind it. And quite often the bully is the person who at some point has been bullied or at some point has had something done to them and they have such a rage in them and such a um, such an anger and it's never been dealt with that actually it causes them to lash out at somebody else because they want somebody else to feel the pain that they felt at that point in their life. So as, it, as difficult as it is, sometimes it's good to look at the big picture of what is this really all about. And that's that can be difficult when you're on your own, which is why I think having somebody to talk to about it really always helps. Mm. It's a bit of a vicious circle, unfortunately, but maybe it's a good thing and a bad thing. I think the whole working from home thing, because 
you know, if you're working from home, you can retreat away from those toxic environments like mm-hmm. physically, but it probably doesn't help them either. You know, I imagine for people going back into the office these days or whatever, if their uh, workplaces weren't much fun previously, like they can't be, they probably won't be much fun now either. Yeah. Whilst it's been comforting to be able to, you know, hide behind the mm-hmm. camera or whatever, they're back out there again. Yeah. So just you were talking a little bit there about social media and I suppose we wouldn't necessarily always see them as an environment, but a lot of people do get abused on there. So can you talk to us a bit more about, you know, social media as a toxic environment? Yes. And so, um, as I said a few minutes ago, it's easier. It's easier to um, create that kind of environment online because mm. it, all you have to do is to uh, be outspoken, be outspoken, say the wrong thing, make a controversial comment. Um, and if you're in the public eye, then that will very quickly get picked up. And then before you know it, there's a, a gathering of support um, at, with, with lots of people who you thought were fans who were turning against you. Um, and that is um, that is a really difficult snowball to stop building because it's already out mm. there. But it's become so easy, Kelly, so easy for anybody to make a comment. And, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're mocking somebody's dress because it's the Met Gala um, and, you know, everybody's mm. in fancy outfits or whether it's Harry and Meghan's latest outing. Um, everybody has something to say. Um, and I think mm. what we all have to be care- have to be careful of is that when you've said something on social media, more than anything, it says something about you and less about the person who you're talking about, because it's not just about the image of the person you're talking about that is damaging. It's very much your own. So your Mm. personal profile, your image, what people think about you um, just goes down. So you're harming yourself just as much as you are anybody else, which is why you often see people on social media um, where their um, profile name is just a series of numbers or they don't have a profile Mm. picture. So you can't actually see the person. And that is you know, the the most common way of hiding completely behind what it is that you're saying. So I think it's, and it starts early. So obviously all the kids are on the phone and, you know, they're all commenting on each other's Instagram posts or Facebook posts. um, And, you know, some of it is really harmful um, because you look at the Mm -hmm. image and you think, you know, why aren't I as thin as hair or as attractive as hair? Why, why don't I have what she has or what he has? Um, and so it can send you into a spiral of self-doubt of, of just not having what somebody else has. And so I think the whole environment is it's, it's a very tricky one to navigate. And, you know, it can range from being a bully to being bullied, but also to have real feelings of self-doubt because you feel like the one who is left out of the loop or you're not part of the cool gang because you don't look like everybody else or have what everybody else has. So uh, it's a really difficult situation to be in. It's that horrible thing of social media, especially I think sometimes when you're talking about like bullying and younger people and kids as well. You know, I was saying a minute ago about you could hide behind Zoom when yes. you can you're not going into work, but this is like it social media extends the school it day, does. doesn't it? You know, into the evening when kids can be on there after school. And so it, it's kind of all encompassing, isn't it, for certain age? It groups. really is. It really is. And there's no escape from it, Kelly, because you know, we live on our phones. They are our life now, mm. especially for younger people. You know, they're literally, as soon mm. as they wake up, they're looking. And the last thing that, mm. before they go to, to bed or before they go to sleep, they're on the phone. So whatever they're seeing mm. is staying in their head. And that can cause uh, a poor night's 
sleep, or it can cause them when they wake up to immediately start thinking bad about themselves or nervous about going to school because of what people are saying. Um, or, you know, they don't want to go to school because they know they've got to face somebody who's made a comment um, on social media about them. Or they're, they've been ostracized from a group and they don't want to go to school because they're not part of that gang. So, you're always on when it comes to social media. And the thing about young people especially is that they can't not be because it's their way of life now. So, you know, for them, it really is about being stronger in how they deal with it um, and having somebody who can teach them what some of these boundaries should be. But but all the friends are on it. So they're either on it with, with friends and everybody else or they're not on it and they feel like they're isolated. Mm-hmm. That's the difficulty, isn't it? It really is. So when we we talk about toxic environments and I suppose trying to avoid them, you know, are there telltale signs of how to spot a toxic environment? Yeah, I mean, there are. I mean, I think one of the things I said a few minutes ago was um, the manipulation side of it. Somebody who um, mm. tries to get you on their side about somebody else. So they'll make a comment about somebody and try mm. and get you to join in. So let's let's say it's the boss at work. You know, they'll make a comment about the boss and, you know, they'll try and get you to add to the comment, and, you know, and and get you to agree with it. So before you know it, you're mm-hmm. both saying things about the boss. So that person is manipulating others around them to join in with that discussion. Um, and I think that's one of the first signs. The drama, like I said, you know, people are always making a fuss if it's a toxic situation. And sometimes, you know, the bullying behavior is all about insecurity. So, you know, there anybody who you who you think is insecure, um, who doubts themselves, you know, sometimes they are the very person who is creating that kind of an environment at work. So those are some of the telltale signs that you can watch out for when it comes to what's happening there. And if it's a one-off, that's not a toxic environment. So, so lots of people say things about the boss. You know, boss is getting my nerves, on my nerve today or, you know, he's making me do this or I'm having to do that. Um, and you make a comment about them, which is normal. That is human behaviour. A toxic environment is one where that is persistent. It keeps going. And every day there's something or there's a few things. And, you know, some of them are really nasty. Um, In other words, it's not balanced. If it was a normal environment, it'd be balanced. So some days your boss would be great and you think, oh, yeah, she's not that bad after all. Um, But other days it's like, oh, I can't believe this. Uh, But but a toxic environment is very different. It's consistently bad. There's, There's a consistent cloud hanging over the workspace when you're in that environment and you can't shake it and everybody else feels it but not many people are brave enough to do something about it and it's a shame because yeah that those kind of things kind of propagate themselves you know can start with one or two people and it can breed throughout the office and then next thing you know you're going to work kind of anxious because it's all negative and it's a shame because Nobody wants to work in a toxic workplace, you know, but it just sort of grows out of nowhere. I mm. think sometimes if, as you say, if it remains unchecked. But yeah, so so you mentioned cancel culture a little bit earlier, and that seems to have been a product of social media very much so because everything is so instantaneous and because there's an eternal record of everything, mm-hmm. you can get away with yeah. very little, which is quite right in some cases. Yes. But the question has to be, have we gone too far with holding people to account online? Oh, well, that is a good question. I mean, technology is wonderful, mm. but there is a very dark side to it. And I think it is, mm. it's created this environment where 
freedom of speech has almost become an excuse for an attack. So where do you draw the line between having your say and being able to say anything in the free world, but actually saying something that is too near the knuckle? I think one of the acid tests is if you were to stand in front of the person that you're making the comment about, would you still use those words? Would you still say that thing? Because if you think, oh, no, I wouldn't say it to the face, then why on earth are you saying it online? So I think we all Mm. have a duty to to think, you know, would I would I have the, the guts to say this to that person's face? Because if I haven't, then I am just being a cyber bully because I'm hiding behind my laptop. So I think we're at a stage now where calling people out has to be a way of bringing breaking that toxic environment and that toxic behavior and bringing it more into the public eye. So in other words, it should be okay to say that's not good. That's not um, that's not acceptable. So if you see somebody making a comment online about somebody else, I think it's good to call them out. It's good to defend whoever it is that is being bullied um, and, you know, almost counteracting whatever these people are saying online. And we do see a fair bit of that now. So you'll 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 see comments online about um I don't know, Harry and Meghan, I suppose, because they're always in the news, aren't they? Everybody's got an opinion to say about them. And, you know, it's almost like we love Harry, but we don't like Meghan because of what she's taking Harry away from us and because of what she's done to the royal family. So, you know, you've got supporters for Harry and Meghan, and then you've got the people who it doesn't matter what Meghan does, she's never going to get it right. So I think there is now a swell of uh, opinion of people um, who are trying to defend Megan and saying, for goodness sake, you know, she can't get anything right. You know, she only has to breathe and you having a go at her. So I think there's more calling out happening. And I think that's the right thing to do, Kelly, because social media is never going to be switched off now. Technology is never going to go away. So I think as humans... We have to bring the human element into it and start talking about what's good enough and what's not good enough for us. And, you know, whether that's a Me Too campaign or whether that's um, racism or whether that's just hearing the odd comment that you think, hang on a minute, that's not the right thing to say or why should you get away with it? I think if we're going to be brave about talking about people, we should also be brave about calling out and saying, nah, I'm not having you say that. So it does take some confidence, but I think I think we've got to get there. I really do. It's a minefield, really, isn't it? Because sometimes you look at social media and, I don't know, one group are saying one thing and then there's another group. So to use your example again, Harry mm-hmm. and Megan. So one group defending Megan and one group vilifying yeah. her. And Megan might have nothing to say about yeah. the thing or her PR people or anything. And these two groups of people are just trashing each other mm-hmm. online. It's like social media will eat itself. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you said, it's so easy to be anonymous and it's a channel to be angry. You know, if there's something that's going on in your life and you're not a particularly happy person or you're upset about something, then it's easy to jump on there. And I'll be the first person to own up to in the past, particularly with something, if I've had a major customer service Mm -hmm. issue, it's very easy to fire off a tweet saying, I've been holding on the phone for 25 minutes. When are you going to pick up the phone? Now, like you said... Would I say that to the poor customer service agent at the other end? Probably not. (laughs) But I think, though, Kelly, I mean, look, we're all human. You know, we all say Mm -hmm. things. We've all said things. And, you know, we we all come out with comments that 
in hindsight, and when we've cooled down, we think, oh, you know what? I shouldn't really have said that. That wasn't very nice of me. But I think that's different. I think it's different Mm. to some of the stuff that you see um, on social media because it's direct attacks. And it's it's quite often Mm. the people that do it quite often do it often. So it's not just it's not just a one off. Um, And, you know, you you'd like to think that people like Harry and Meghan or anybody who's, um, I guess, in the spotlight won't see it. But actually, you'd be surprised because they don't want to look at it, but they're, they're almost can't get away from it. So they're in this trap of the, they know what they're getting hit with. And sometimes they can't really do anything about it because it doesn't matter how hard they try and fight back, like the Chrissy Teigen situation. She tried to explain herself. She tried to apologize, tried to do all of these things. Mm-hmm. But it all came over in the wrong way. And then she got even more flat because it didn't sound genuine. So... Sometimes I think if you've said the wrong thing, that you know, one of the things that you should always do is think, right, what have I said? Was it the right thing to say? Own up, apologize, and then just be the show some humility. Be the one that says, you know what, I shouldn't have said it. I don't like myself Mm. for saying that. It's not me. So be the one to do that because then it takes the sting out of a situation. But if you don't say it, it's almost like you really did mean it. And that's the kind of person that you are. And again, that stays with you for a very long time. So be the one that says, I shouldn't have said it and I'm sorry. Yeah, it is really difficult because there's lots of people out there who are like in their 20s and 30s who, when they were like 13 years old, said something really stupid on social media. And then 15 years later, it gets pulled out and splashed all over the papers or whatever. I don't know. And you just think, is that fair, really? You know, they were kids. Um, But having said that, I think we all just have to be conscious of the fact that, like you said, anything that you say will live online forever. And you might as well be putting it on the front page of the local paper as putting it on Twitter. Yeah. So... We need to check ourselves as well as uh, we need to check, as you said, quite earlier on in our conversation, mm-hmm. make sure we're not part of the the toxic environment. You know, we're not c- causing part of the toxic environment. So, OK, well, we're going to move on a little bit now. Amina. we've had some um, questions in from listeners. So first up today is Philippa in Somerset. Uh, she emailed to say that she experiences a toxic environment that sadly she cannot avoid because it's her own family. She mm. goes home once or twice a month and from the time she arrives until she leaves, she can't relax. Her mom is a very negative person and spends a lot of time bad-mouthing other people or family members. Her dad and two siblings also live there. Philippa says she starts to feel physically sick in advance of trips home, but of course loves her family and wants to see them. What can she do to help address the problem? She's afraid if she brings it up with her mom, she'll just be on the receiving end of abuse. Not nice. It's not nice, is it? It's not nice, but you know what? It's actually more common than we realize. Um, toxicity um, often um, often starts at home. Often starts, mm. you know, when we're young in that kind of environment. So this isn't, um, Philippa. You're not on your own. This isn't a, 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 an isolated incident. It's a difficult one to deal with, though. What I will say is that um, 
we're not born negative. We're not born mm. toxic. We're not born with this kind of behavior. What happens is, as we go through life, we're influenced by people, by situations, by events and things that happen to us. So we become that way over time. So, Philippa, there will be something behind your mum's behavior. Um, and as difficult as it is, it really is worth trying to find out why is my mum like this? And it's worth talking to your dad um, you know, and your family about this, you know, what's happened, you know, why is she, is she unhappy about something? She might be frustrated about the situation that she's in. She might just be going through a difficult period in her life. Um, and it manifests itself by coming out in this kind of behavior. Does it make mm-hmm. it right? Of course it doesn't. And that doesn't make it um, easier for Philippa when she goes home. So, um, you know, it's worth finding out asking your dad, is she always like this, dad? Or Mm. is it just when I come home? Because that puts a little bit of a different um, picture on it. Because if she's always like that, then she's unhappy about something. Uh, For her to be um, talking or bad-mouthing people, then it's almost like she's got um, pent-up. Unresolved issues. Yes, unresolved Mm. issues, some some pent-up feelings about somebody or, you Mm. know, she's uh, frustrated about something. So um, it, it, it could be that. If she's not like that when Philippa comes home, that's really nothing to do with you necessarily, Philippa, but it might be that she misses you so much. And it might be that she's angry because she only sees you once a month. Mm. Um, and, you know, weird as it is, you know, quite often the people that we love lash out at us too. Yeah. Um, and the, and the, the, that's the last thing that we want to hear and see and causes us to really not want to go home, mm. which is what's happening in Philippa's case. And, you know, you don't want to feel sick at the thought of going home for what you might be faced with, but it sounds like this is what's happening. So find out if it's a recurring thing, it's happening all the time, or whether it's just when you go home, Philippa. So it's worth talking to your dad about that. The other thing that it's worth doing is, um, taking your mum out um, on her own, mm. just you and her together, having lunch, having a coffee. Mm, and idea. then, yeah, and then just talk to her one-on-one and saying, are you okay, mum? I'm just a bit worried about you because, and then give us some examples of, I heard you say this about so-and-so, that's not like you. You're not like that. You know, you're really, you're really good-hearted. You're really warm. You're really whatever she is. Mm-hmm. Um, so almost hold up a mirror and say, this isn't you, mum. What, what's really happening and what, what you're unhappy about um, and can I do anything to help? So try and do that because then that isolates the situation and it gives you an opportunity one-on-one to talk about it. Yeah. Like, is she even aware herself that she's so negative, yeah. etc.? And it might be worthwhile her talking to her siblings as well to see if they feel the mm-hmm. same way, you know, just in case, yeah. as you said, yeah. that it's not a perception thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because um, self-awareness is is a really important thing because we don't know sometimes how we're coming across. Um, and we also don't know whether we're seeing things the same way as other people are. Quite often, this kind of behavior um, is a cry for attention. It's a cry because you want somebody to take notice to you. So you're talking about other people and that makes you look better. So I don't know if if somebody's had their hair cut and it looks awful, it almost makes you look better because your hair isn't as bad as theirs. It's a cry for attention for a reason. Um, so try and find out what that is, Philippa, and try and get to the root of it. But just be honest, because you don't want that situation to continue, nor should it. So I'm sure your mother doesn't, uh, mum doesn't want to want it to continue, neither does your family. So sometimes it just takes somebody to break that cycle of behavior and do something about it. And, and you could be the one that changes all of that. 
Absolutely. Well done, Philippa, for getting in yes. touch and um, hang in there. And if you, I think if you take some of Amina's advice, you might see a little bit of difference there. So that's great. Thank you, Amina. Today, we've talked a lot about different types of toxic environments, how we can play into them, how can we can prevent that um, and what to do if you find yourself mm. in one and how to kind of get out of it. So any closing mm. comments from you today, Amina, yes. would like to share? I would actually, Kelly. And I always always like to try and round off with a a few points. So Mm -hmm. the first one is when you join in with any kind of toxic commentary online, be careful not to become part of the problem. Mm -hmm. Be the one that puts a stop to it, if anything. The second thing is take a stand and defend somebody who you see as being bullied, Mm -hmm. either online or or face-to-face. And don't allow that person to become isolated unnecessarily Mm -hmm. because you know it's not the right thing to do the third thing is when it comes to toxic behavior look behind it what is it really masking try and find out what is that person struggling with and what is it that they're not happy about and actually could I do anything to help with that Mm. be aware of how you're coming across because you might be doing something to antagonize or to intimidate them so Be aware of yourself, but try and find out what's behind it. Um, The fourth thing is call it out. Call it out when when, when you know it's not the right thing. When you've tried, when you've been honest about any mistakes that you've made, um, and when you've been up front, call it out because you don't have to put up with um, somebody making you feel bad. And the final thing, the fifth thing is it's okay to move away from it. Mm -hmm. It's okay to say no. It's okay to have boundaries and say to yourself or your team or your colleagues, this isn't right for me. It's not acceptable for me. And I'm not happy or comfortable with it. So I'm going to move myself away Mm -hmm. or stay quiet and just keep yourself away from it. You don't have to live with that. So, So five things there about toxicity and toxic environments or behavior that I think actually we could all do to be aware of online or offline. Thank you so much for that, Amina, and for joining me today. Thanks, Kelly. Bye. Talk to you soon. Next week, Kay will be with me and we'll be discussing the challenges of being always on. If you have a question around this or any other area of personal development, for that matter, you can drop us an email to kelly.crichton at jpimedia.co.uk and we'll endeavour to get you the advice you need. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Reset Room. You can follow us on Twitter at National World and on Facebook at National World UK. Please remember to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and tell all your friends and family and everyone about it if you're enjoying it. The Reset Room is a laudable production produced and hosted by me, Kelly Crichton. Our resident experts are Kay Woodburn of grittypeople.co.uk and Amina Walker, who you'll find on aminawalker.com. See you next week. Bye.